All right, let's dive in to the scripture today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. And while we're turning there, uh, I'm just curious if you've ever heard this term, uh, humble brag. Humble brag, it's a newer term, and this is how the Urban Dictionary defines it. Humble brag. When you, usually consciously, try to get away with bragging about yourself by couching it in a phony show of humility. So in other words, a humble brag is a way of talking about yourself. Usually it's on social media. In a way where you can really show somebody how awesome you are. But you can't just come out and brag. Now that wouldn't be cool. So a humble brag is when you actually couch it in humility. So when people hear it, they, they don't hear you saying, I'm awesome. They actually hear you saying, oh, I'm humble. It's a humble brag. So let me show you some examples of this. This is funny stuff. One person tweeted, man, this is so unfair. Unfair. Why did the Lambo dealership not tell me I'd get pulled over at least once a week in this car? Time for a Corolla. L-O-L. Ha ha ha. That is so funny. What does she want? What does she want you to know? She just got back from the Lambo dealership. What's a Lambo? It's a Lamborghini. She's got a brand new Lamborghini. But she can't just come out and say, I've got a Lamborghini and you don't. She says, oh, the dealership didn't tell me I would get pulled over like once a week. Time for a Corolla. Ha ha ha. I will trade you the car in my garage for your Lamborghini. It's a humble brag. Here's another one. This one's kind of funny too. Uh, A young woman posted on Facebook. She says, I'm never exercising again. I'm done. That's it. Never exercising again. LOL. I gained so much muscle. I have to get my wedding dress altered. She says, the perils. The perils. I'm never exercising again. Why? She goes, I just gained so much muscle. I'm so ripped. That's what she's trying to tell you. But she can't just come out and say it. She's like, oh, but you know what? I had to have my wedding dress altered. Oh, the perils, the perils. I mean, I'm, yeah, I may not exercise again. That sounds perilous. Wow. It's a humble brag. Here's one more. This one's crazy. A guy posted on Facebook. He said, I just bought a homeless man some food and drink. That's awesome. Well, everyone else pretended not to see him or looked at him in disgust. But I bought him some food. I bought him some drink. He said, I didn't wait for a thank you or an audience. I just handed it over discreetly. I just bought a man some food on Facebook. I just, he just, sorry, he just posted. I just bought a man, homeless man, some food and some drink. Everybody else was walking, just walking by. I didn't need a thank you. I didn't need an audience. But yet, he posted it on Facebook for everyone to see. 
Why are we talking about humble brag? Here's the truth. The heart behind the humble brag. This heart that craves attention from others. It's not new. It is the heart that has always existed. It's the heart that beats inside of me and you. And Jesus' first words to us are simply, be careful. Be careful. We're in a series here at Hope on the Sermon on the Mount. It's called Kingdom Living. And we're just going verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount. And today, Jesus is going to introduce us to a group of people who are known as the Pharisees. And you better believe If a Pharisee would have given a homeless guy some food, he would have posted it on Facebook because they were always looking to let people know. They were always trying to draw attention to themselves to get some applause from people. In fact, Jesus, as he describes them, it's kind of funny. When they would give, it was like they were announcing it with trumpets. Uh, when, when they prayed, they would pray on the street corners loudly so everybody could hear how awesome they could pray. If they fasted, oh, they disfigure their faces so everybody could see how humble and holy they were. These guys are the original humble brags. But guys, it's nothing new. It's a heart that lives inside of every one of us, where the action is right, but the motive is off. It's a heart that wants to be seen and applauded by people. And so this is our theme verse, and it's going to be our theme verse for the next three weeks. Matthew 6.1. Jesus says, be careful not to practice your acts of righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Really saying, be careful about practicing your faith in front of others just to be seen by them, like the Pharisees did. If you do, Jesus says, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's our theme verse. And for the next three weeks, we're going to get a heart check. As Jesus illustrates this principle of living out our faith to be seen by people. And this week, we're going to look at the area of giving. Next week, we're going to talk about prayer. And praying. And then in week three, we're going to look at the whole area of fasting. These are three illustrations from the Pharisees of how sometimes we live out our faith in a way to be seen by people. And we're going to learn from Jesus through it all. So today we want to look at this first illustration. And Jesus is going to talk to us about the area of giving. What does Jesus say about that? Look at verse two. So when you give to the needy, Don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving might be in secret. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So here's where we're going to go today as we look at this passage on giving. We're going to see that giving is a normal part of our Christian life, right? We all are going to give as followers of Jesus. It's a part of our Christian life. It's a part of our faith. But the question Jesus has for us is what's the posture of our heart? Because for Jesus, giving isn't all about wealth. Giving is actually about our heart. So we're asking this question, am I giving 
for someone's applause? Or am I giving for an audience of one? And that's what we want to talk about. So let's pray and we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity to connect and gather together, even over technology. We're thankful for that. I pray that you would challenge our hearts and speak to us about this area of giving. Lord, we ask that you would do a work of transformation that in our lives that flows out of us and expresses itself in radical generosity. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm excited to dive in. Here's the first big idea that I see is, as I look at this passage. And, and it's just this idea that Jesus gives us that, that giving is really assumed. Jesus in this passage, he, he assumes that we're going to give. It's very interesting. Uh, Jesus says, when you give. When you give. He says it two times. In, in verse 2, he says, when you give. In verse 3, he says it again. He says, when you give. It's an assumption. When you give. Not if you give. When you give. It's not, oh, when, when I'm promoted, when I get a raise, when we've got some financial stability, then I'll give. Jesus says, no. Uh, how about this? How, how about when this whole coronavirus blows by and we see where things shake out? Then I'll give. Uh-uh. A teenager, uh, maybe you're thinking, oh, well, giving, that's for when I'm an adult, right? And Jesus says, no, no, no. Here's what it is. You're a disciple. You're a Christ follower. It's when you give. Giving is a part of our life of faith for every one of us. When you give, Jesus assumes it. What are we giving to? Jesus says, when you give to the needy. And when you give to the needs of the world. And, and the world is full of need. And there are great physical needs. Yes, there's hunger. There's homelessness. There's orphans. All of that. But we live in a world not only of physical need, but of tremendous spiritual need. There is a world that desperately needs to be reconnected with the love of the Father. And even in this, this season of coronavirus, there are physical needs. There are people who shouldn't go out in public. And, and maybe it's just, who could help meet that tangible need? Who could do some shopping? Oh, but we also see great spiritual need. We see fear. We see the need for hope. We see the need for the presence of God. And what's really cool is that when Jesus came to earth, he met the physical needs, but he also met the spiritual needs. And what's true today is that God has an answer for the needs of this world in Jesus Christ. And that answer is us. It's you and me. It's the local church. There is no greater cause on planet earth for meeting the needs of this world, physical and spiritual, than the local church. So how do we give to the local church. It's actually something the Bible talks about. And the Bible talks about this idea called the tithe. The tithe. What's the tithe? In Deuteronomy 14, God commands his people to tithe. He says, give a tenth of all of your increases. The word tithe just means a tenth. It's 10%. And so it's really uh, pretty easy to illustrate this. Uh, just very simply, we got a dollar and we got a dime. 
We got a dollar and a dime. And, and so tithe is, hey, whenever, whenever I make a dollar, I'm going to give God a dime. It's how we put God first in our finances. If I get 10 of these, I'm going to give God 10 of these. If I get 100 of these, I'm going to give God 100 of these. But see, the, the problem we have with the tithe is that we think we got these because of our hard work and not the blessing of God. And what God is saying is, no, no, no. It's all a gift from me. Everything we have, even our breath, our strength, our health, it's all a gift from God. And so one of the ways we honor God is going, okay, God, you gave me one of these. I'm going to give you one of these. And what that looks like for Angie and me, what we've done over 20 years, is that when we get paid each month, we take 10% of that and we give it to God and we give it to the local church. And I understand how hard that can be. I understand that it is not always easy to give. And there have been months in our life where we didn't know where the money was going to come from. We didn't know um, how we were going to make all of our ends meet. We just knew the God in whom we believed. And as we've trusted God in our finances, we've seen it over and over again. And it's true. God is faithful. And when we give faithfully, our God is always faithful. And God's faithful to our church. And I'm just really excited. You know, the elders met this week and we are actually right on budget as a church. So I'm not giving this message today because, you know, we need your money. I'm giving this message today because God's plan to change the world is you and me. I'm giving this message today because of your generosity, because of your faithful giving, lives are being changed. So thank you, thank you, thank you to every one of you that is giving generously and faithfully to our church. Man, it is making a difference, not just here in the Northern Burbs, but really all over the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's the tithe. But we don't want to be like the Pharisees either. See, it's not just about the tithe. It's not just about writing that 10% check. Listen to what Jesus says to the Pharisees, because they had kind of made it about that 10%. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says to the Pharisees again, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! Man, Jesus, Jesus is tough on hypocrisy. He says, you give a tenth of your spices. You give a tenth, and they give it down to the spice. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, like justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He says, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Jesus here is actually affirming the tithe. He's saying, don't neglect that. But he's saying, don't neglect what's really important, and that's justice and mercy and radical generosity. I don't know if you saw this story. It came out a few years ago. But there was a church, a church group that went out to an Applebee's. And they had fun. They ate their meal. And then the bill came. And the pastor picked up the bill. And because they were a big group, because there were more than eight of them, uh, the bill had an automatic 18% gratuity included. And the pastor looked at that. And the pastor crossed out the 18% and wrote, 
I give God 10%. Why would I give you 18%? Come on. That's not God's heart. That's not the heart of Jesus. We are Christians. Giving is assumed. Christians are called to be the most radically generous people on planet Earth. Remember John 3.16? This is one of the most loved, most famous verses in the Bible. It says, For God so loved the world that he, what? He gave. He didn't just give 10%. He gave it all. He gave radically. He gave generously. He gave his son. Why? Whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. So what we get to do as a church, what we get to do individually, is we get to make Jesus known in our world by living lives of radical generosity. It is a part of our faith. It is assumed when you give. Let's give for the cause of Jesus Christ around the world. But here's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to check our heart as we give. Are we giving for the applause of people? And that's the question I'm asking myself today. What's my motive when I give? Am I giving for the applause of people? Jesus describes the hypocrites, the Pharisees, this way. Listen to how the Pharisees gave. Matthew 6, verse 2. When you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. It's kind of a funny scene. I mean, you picture it, the Pharisees, they're out um, on the streets. They give a guy some food, and it's like they're announcing it with trumpets. They give money in church. It's like trumpet announcement. Da-da-da-da! I gave! It kind of reminds me of being at a hockey game. Uh we uh, living in Colorado. We had a local hockey team. They're actually called the Colorado Eagles, a minor league team. And we would go watch games, and it was really fun because every time our team scored, every time the Eagles scored, we'd actually ring our cowbell. And uh, it's kind of funny. Like I think of the Pharisees this way. Like they're in church, they drop some money in the offering plate, and hey, or or maybe they're. Uh, Maybe they're out on the street corners. They see a homeless guy. They buy him a hamburger. Hey! And they're always drawing attention to themselves. It's like they're saying, hey, look at me. Look at the points I scored with God. And Jesus just comes out and he says, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. The word hypocrite, it means an actor. He's saying, you show-offs. You're acting like you're doing this for God, but really you're doing it for yourself to be seen. To be seen by others. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, you have received your reward in full. That's interesting. In full, in totality, like nothing more. The praise, (laughs) the praise you were seeking is the only reward you got. Truly, I tell you, you've received your reward in full. That praise, that is your reward in full. Nothing more. So I began to ask myself this week, do I ever do that? Do I ever give for people? 
And I was thinking about times where I've actually given out of guilt. I don't know if you've ever done that. Maybe uh, you were at an event. There was a video and tugs on the heartstrings and everybody's pulling out their money to give to this cause. And what do I do? I start to pull out my money. And in my head, I'm thinking, what are people going to think if I don't give? I'm actually giving out of guilt. I'm actually giving to be seen. I think Jesus is saying we should never do that. We should never give out of guilt. We should never give to prove ourselves to somebody else. We should never give to impress people or get attention from others. You ever meet that person that gives and then they let you know they give and they remind you that they give? Like, hey, I gave. It's like that guy on Facebook. Hey, I just gave to a homeless man. What are you doing? See, if we're giving for the applause of people, we're giving for the wrong reasons. I don't want to give for the applause. I want to give for the cause. And that's what we're talking about today. What's heart check? What's the motive of my heart? Am I giving for the applause of people? Or is it something more? Am I giving actually for an audience of one? Over the last few weeks, um, you know, as, as this uh, coronavirus started to get out and people began to process what they were going to do, um, the NBA came out and they started to talk about the possibility of whether they could play NBA games without any fans in the stands. It, it was an interesting idea. They, they basically said, um, what we'll do is we'll have the team show up and they'll play a basketball game. We'll put it on TV. Everybody can see there just won't be any fans in the stands. And um, somebody was talking to LeBron James about this concept. Like, hey, LeBron, would you play if there weren't any fans in the stands? And do you remember what LeBron said? He said, if there ain't fans, I ain't playing. And he even said, I play for the fans. That's what I'm all about. Right? Not the win, not my teammates, not the love of basketball, not my coach. I play for the fans. If there ain't fans, I ain't playing. It's like, man, is, is he playing to be seen? I mean, compare that with another basketball player, Kevin Durant. Every time Kevin Durant goes onto the court, he knows why he's playing this game. In fact, it's his number, number 35. And every time Kevin Durant goes out there, he wears number 35. Why? Because a childhood basketball coach was gunned down and murdered when he was 35 years old. Every time Kevin Durant goes out to play, he goes onto that basketball court, he touches number 35. It reminds him why he's playing the game. He doesn't have to show off. He doesn't have to dance after a dunk. He doesn't have to argue with the ref. He's not there for him. He's there for a greater cause. He's playing for the coach that believed in him and made him the basketball player he is today. What are we playing for, guys? When we live out our faith, what are we doing that for? Are we playing for the applause of people? Are we playing for a greater cause? Are we playing for an audience of one? Listen to how Jesus instructs us how to give. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
so that your giving may be in what? So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Jesus saying, when you give, and when I give, let's give in secret. Let's not worry what people think. Let's just give secretly. And if somebody sees us, they see, see us, but that's not our motive in the first place. And then he uses this great picture. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. God, that's kind of crazy. What's that about? I think it means that when I give, like, I'm not even thinking about myself. Like my left hand doesn't know what my right hand is doing. I, I'm not thinking about me. Jesus gives us a great illustration of this, actually, in Matthew 25. And Jesus begins to tell this parable. And he's, he's talking about his followers. He said, when I was hungry, you gave me food to eat. Jesus said, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And all of his followers asked, they said, Jesus, when did we do this? It's like they weren't even aware they were doing it. They weren't uh, keeping track of the spiritual score. They weren't announcing it with the trumpet. And they said, Jesus, when did we do that? And you remember what Jesus said? He said, truly, I tell you, whenever you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. You did it for me. You lived and you gave for an audience of one. Truly, I tell you, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And they're saying, when did we do this? Our left hand didn't know what our right hand is doing. And Jesus says, when you give that way, when you give in secret, there is a great reward. What's the reward? Oh, it's the father who sees in secret. It's a father's love. A love of the heavenly father that sees you and he knows what you have done. Jesus says, then your father who sees what's done in secret, he will reward you. More than that, he will be your reward. The father's love is our reward. Isn't that why Jesus came? Isn't that why he shed his blood? Isn't that why he died on the cross? He came to reconnect us with the love of our heavenly father. He came to bring us into the joy of God's kingdom. And there is no greater reward. That's what we're a part of right now. As we live our lives, as we give in secret, because he is in the secret place. And you can actually see this uh, visually. I wanted to try out an experiment this week. And, and I just thought, what would happen if I put the Sermon on the Mount in a word cloud? You know what a word cloud is? Um, it's a visual representation of, um, of words where uh, words that are repeated more are actually show up bigger in the word cloud. You can actually see some themes in it. And so I thought, what would happen if I put the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus' most famous sermon in a word cloud. What would come out? Check this out. This is amazing. Don't we see Jesus' heart here? It's a father. This is what Jesus wants us to know. There is a father in heaven who loves me and who loves you. And you look at the words around in the cloud around father good, reward, bless. This is what Jesus is talking about today and through this series. We have a father who loves us 
And it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's what Jesus said in the Beatitudes. Yours is the kingdom. We're a part of a kingdom. We're a part of making a difference all around the world. Just like Jesus made a difference in our life. Just like Jesus gave it all. We have an opportunity to change our world through radical generosity. But the question is, for all of us today, why do we give? Am I giving for someone's applause? Or am I giving for an audience of one? And Jesus says, it's okay. You don't have to worry about what everyone thinks, what everyone sees. Because even when you give in secret, your father sees you. He knows you. He knows what you've done. As surely as you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. So let's live our lives. Let's give our lives today for the audience of one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for coming and doing something so radical. Thank you for giving your life on the cross that our sins might be forgiven and that we might come into a relationship with God. And I just pray that that relationship would begin to transform our hearts to where we are free from the opinions of others. God set us free that we might live for you and for you alone. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for connecting as a church. And I love you guys. And I'll see you back here online next week as we continue our series. Have a good one.